Hello and welcome to another episode of The Daily Objective. My name is Daniel. Usually behind the scenes, but uh, I've recently I found myself in front of the camera much more often. Uh, today with me is James. James, how are you doing? Uh, quite well. How are you, Daniel? It's always great to have you here. You you do a great job, by the way. Uh, I tune in when you're the host, man. <laughs> well, that, I, I very much appreciate it. So... Today we're going to cover, uh, so I, I should mention before that, so we already talked a little bit about this, about this hearing of U.S. colleges presidents, uh, where, so we talked about it uh, last Wednesday, that was December 6th, uh, on the episode called U.S. Colleges Defense Students Calling for Genocide. Because when they were asked, uh, would you, uh, let me just find out the specific. When they asked, does calling for genocide of Jews count as harassment under their school policies? The MIT president said uh, the most reasonable take was only if it were targeted at individuals. Uh, the Harvard president said depends on the context. And uh, uh, the University of Pennsylvania president said it's a context-dependent question. Ah, all uh, three agreed it depended on the context. To a general proposition, I want to kill all Slovakians, Daniel, is not a threat to you. Well, we'll talk about that. It would have to be an individualized threat. Or uh, uh, if I were to say all Slovakians should be wiped off the face of the earth, that in certain contexts isn't necessarily hateful speech. Especially if you meet a lot of Slovaks, it, it's not really a hateful <laughs> speech. But you give me, you give me a perhaps you give me a, a pro a Slovakian bias. But that it would be a horrifying thing to say that about any group, any generalized group in which there's no you know volitional membership, uh, to say that any religious or ethnic or national uh, group should be wiped out is obviously a call for violence. It's obviously racially discriminatory. It's obviously an immoral position to take. It is obviously hateful. If you cannot so, say... Let me, let me just can't. stop you here. Here is a quick tease, uh, but we have to cover the news first. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, on the Israeli-Hamas war news, so 115 IDF soldiers have died so far, which I think uh, jumped up a bit since I believe yesterday it was just 105 uh, yes. and more than 600 injured. Uh, another news, uh, this was an real interesting to see. Apparently, hospital officials in Israeli hospitals are criticizing health ministry's decision to bring Hamas terrorists into their hospitals, basically uh, forcing uh, Israeli hospitals to treat uh, Hamas terrorists, which... It's definitely an interesting, uh, it could definitely make an interesting conversation if you can, uh, if we had like a completely privatized uh, hosp hospitals, if you could force these ho hospitals to treat uh, your enemy combatants, basically. Uh, and uh, there was also a public uproar uh, when the war started, because the same thing happened. Uh, hospitals were forced to treat Hamas terrorists that, invaded uh, Israel on October 7th. Fascinating moral question. You know, we could do a whole show just on the moral question. What a fascinating question that is. Uh, I'm not sure I have quick answers for any of that. Um, I would need to think it through. I really would. 
Um, no one's got a right to medical care. And if you're assaulting me, I certainly don't have a moral obligation to pay for your medical care. Uh, if your injuries were the result of your assault on me, I have no duty to take care of you and fix those injuries at all. Um, so uh, th this is a very interesting question. Where are Egypt and Jordan? Where are the friends of Hamas? Well, friends who won't let them in <laughs> think they're too dangerous to let into their own countries. But if they think there's a human rights uh, atrocity going on perpetrated by Israel, then why aren't they the ones stepping in to provide medical care to these Hamas monsters? Well, I think it's because whenever they let Palestinians in, they try to usually kill their leader. Well, so yeah, yeah. Huh. Huh. I'll be darned. Yeah. Uh, so these peaceful, you know, innocent civilians in Gaza are not allowed in because, well, a good deal. Most of them are troublemakers. And uh, but but just the humanitarian part. Why don't you send doctors to, to help these people? Why don't you give some support? You know, if you send doctors, nurses, antibiotics. I mean, where where's the support from the from their Muslim supporters? Uh, is Iran, while they're willing to give them weapons and military training, <laughs> are they willing to actually give medical support? Or do they depend on Israel <laughs> to save the lives of their own murderers, people out to murder them? Israel has no moral obligation, in my mind, to give any medical treatment to any of these people uh, at all. Yeah, um, we might uh, we might actually ha have an episode on this. The only, I could make like a practical argument for it, you might want to save the lives of those terrorists to either have some negotiating power when it comes to uh, hostages or uh, uh, maybe getting some intel. So that's why that's a practical intel. argument I, I could make. Uh, okay. But let's let's continue with the news uh, so we have well, time for the... No, intel, you're right. You're right. Uh, let's uh, cover the news. So another thing that happened is Israel started flooding the Hamas tunnels to basically flush any remaining uh, Hamas terrorists there. Uh, one... Mediterranean seawater to flush them out. Uh, there were apparently way more tunnels than even Israel understood. Hundreds and hundreds of tunnels under Gaza. Uh, one more thing. Uh, United Kingdom and the US has passed more sanctions on Hamas later. I think this is like the fourth way of of sanctions basically try to limit their uh uh funding gathering and the last yeah thing... hmm. <laughs> yeah maybe we should try and limit their ability to raise funds so they can do more october 7th yeah geez and, boy that's controversial huh and the last piece of news but definitely this is not going to happen the last time un has passed another resolution demanding humanitarian ceasefire uh so yeah that also happened oh wait i actually have one more uh the fbi and the department of homeland security issued a warning in the public service announcement uh stating that the conflict in the middle east has likely heightened the threat of lone actor violence they're getting large gatherings through the winter uh, apparently this is not to any specific event, like something that happened in the last days, just more like a general rule. Apparently uh, in the winter there are more uh, individual attacks, so stay careful out there. 
And we have any, every reason to believe that there might be more uh, terrorist attacks here. They, uh, you know, uh, we have no idea what, how many terrorists are in the country right now. We have a broken, I'm in favor of legal and open immigration, but we should at least be able, in my view, to know who the terrorists are that are coming into this country. We should have a border at least that orderly. And we have no idea. Obviously, if you're willing to use Yom Kippur and the Shabbat right there to wipe out Israelis, they have no problem using, say, Hanukkah, Christmas, or New Year's holidays to attack America. So we are on heightened alert, and I can already feel it uh, around me. Yeah. So now let's go to the main topic. So uh, there was a bipartisan bill. Uh, the author was Alice Stefanik. 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 Uh, but, uh, the re resolution calls for uh, condemning anti-Semitism on university campuses and the testimony of university presidents in the House Committee on Education and the Workforce. Uh, we also know that Elizabeth McGill, the president of the University of Pennsylvania, has already resigned, but uh, Claudine Gay and Sally Cornbluth uh, are still presidents and are refusing to resign. Uh, this, uh, one of the things mentioned in the resolution is the that apparently this became a big issue because this hearing that happened has gathered more than 1 billion views and that's just in about a week. Wow, wow, wow. Well, there's so much to say here, isn't there? I mean, to untangle the issue, and you'll get it, you only get this perspective here, uh, folks, from the Iran Center, uh, United Kingdom. But to untangle this issue, it, it, there are a lot of things on the table here. As a university, as an educational organization, of course, they need to have standards. They can't be, you know, your university, you could have every right not to teach flat earth uh, <laughs> science, not to teach creationism as biology. Uh, and more than that, you could have a political position if you wanted, if you're a, a, a private organization. On the other hand, as an educational organization, you want as wide a field of rational discussion to go on. So you need some kind of speech code. Look, it's a private organization. People get, you know, it's like my living room. I can prevent people from uh, waving Nazi flags in my living room. It's my private property. So private schools, ideally, if they really truly were purely private institutions, must have some kind of speech code as an educational organization and just as private property. But on the other hand, being an educational organization, you want them to have as wide a field of opinion as possible. Now, universities in America don't do that. Obviously, universities in America are centers and sources of, of propaganda, almost exclusively extreme socialist leftist propaganda, which uh, piles out uh, of their universities all the time. Now, they have a right to do that. They have a right to take as political as private organizations. They would have a right even to have an academically restricted view of politics that would make them an inferior uh, educational organization. Uh, and they would have a right to be hateful and anti-Semitic in my mind if they were private organizations. Now, who in their right mind would would go to a school and attend a school that was racist and only had one narrow sectarian political view that wasn't open to all to, to various other political views? Would you get your best political uh, uh, or historical uh, education that way? Obviously not. Obviously, these universities have been propagandizing, have been being unacademic. As, so my first cut is a moral, has nothing to do with the law. Nothing to do with the law, whatever. 
are they moral as private organizations in allowing hateful speech that says that calls for the death of uh, genocide of anybody much less the genocide of jews clear chance for the genocide of jews they're calling freedom of expression free speech open academic discourse that's what they call open academic discourse chance for genocide that is disgusting that is immoral what these women said is immoral they are perfectly though expressing the evil policies of these evil institutions that are the sources and centers of intellectual and moral corruption <laughs> okay so just as a moral matter these women in my view should be fired uh, the, the their own boards should fire them of uh, two uh, MIT and Harvard of course they didn't because their boards of directors their uh, 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 professors very much agree with these uh, attitudes and so <clears throat> uh, there's they're still in place uh, so uh, but on the moral question did is their position disgusting despicable is there a valid context for calling for genocide? No, there isn't, but that's in effect what they said as we just uh, covered. So they're despicable human beings, they're but they're speaking faithfully for their despicable organizations. Okay, so morally I condemn it. And that's the first thing we have to do, pol setting politics aside. But yeah. we can't set politics aside, can we? Yeah, we have so, so- They're heavily subsidized. Their customers are heavily subsidized through loans and government guaranteed uh, scholarships and so all kinds of ways in which their customers, the students, are subsidized. They as organizations are subsidized. Their research, their professors, they're given all kinds of tax breaks. Plus their alumni, their wealthy alumni, allow them to be extremely well endowed with money. So they're fat, fantastically rich organizations rich organizations with billions and billions in private endowments. So they're super rich private organizations who get heavy federal subsidies. Now to get these federal subsidies, they have to agree to certain federal regulations. Now that is an entirely corrupt situation. The government should be out of the business of taking positions on history, philosophy, politics. And yet that is exactly what this compels them to do. What com uh, the government is forced in effect to take a political position uh, uh, that, that force private what should be private organizations to take political positions or not get the subsidy that inherently is wrong that is inherently immoral government should get out of the education business and this really stresses it harvard has a right to be anti-semitic if they want to but in a free a free marketplace of ideals that would destroy harvard as an organization harvard is allowed to spout this uh anti-semitic hatred uh, precisely because they are tax supported. Well, American people do not realize that their tax dollars go to support, to the tune of billions and billions of dollars, American taxpayers are supporting ideas with which the vast majority disagree and find utterly hateful, and yet they are subsidizing them. Uh, so uh, the, the situation is complicated by the politics of it. Uh, government should get the hell out of education. There should be a separation of state and education, just as there is a separation of state and church in America, and for essentially the same reason. The government has no business of getting into the philosophy business ideologically, and yet that is exactly what these subsidies do. It forces them into a position of saying yes and no. These universities for decades have been hostile to free speech, to open inquiry. 40 years ago, I hosted a debate between the objectivist Peter Schwartz and the uh, left-wing physicist Michio Kaku. 
very well-known advocate of uh, public advocate of science. And I moderated the debate. Peter Schwartz was shut down on nuclear uh, power, by the way. Uh, 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 Peter Schwartz was shut down by yells, screams. University did nothing about it. 30 years ago, I went to a, a, a lecture at a university, Professor George Reisman trying to talk about multiculturalism. He was shut down, yells, screams. Uh, he could not be heard. University did nothing about it. So if you dis so if they disagree with your politics, they don't give a crud about uh, uh, open inquiry. So if you want to have a, a rational discussion from professors who disagree with the left-wing propaganda that these schools are, are talking about, they will shut down your speech in a heartbeat. But these professors are now saying that if you call for the destruction of Israel, that's open inquiry. That's free speech. So they have had a problem uh, with open inquiry. Harvard has ranked the, the very bottom when it comes to academic freedom and speech, uh, the Foundation for Individual Rights and in Education, uh, they've ranked them at the very lowest of all the universities. MIT and Harvard are like the two hardest schools in the world to get admitted into, okay? <laughs> so they sort of set the agenda for, for uh, elite schools in America. <clears throat> they have totally disrespected free speech, open inquiry. They keep a, a, a set of professors that have a single ideology monopoly on, and yet they have the nerve to say that calls for genocide against Israel is open inquiry as far as they're concerned. Total hypocrisy on their part. They are not there. They shut down actual free and open inquiry. And yet they're using open inquiry as the excuse to allow this hate speech to go on. Now, hate speech, censorship is only government. Only the government can censor. On the other hand, if the government is forcefully taking money from taxpayers and giving it to universities, subsidizing ideas that the vast majority of Americans find repugnant, that is immoral on the face of it. No one should be forced to pay for ideas they disagree with. And that is exactly what's happening. So the good thing, the good upshot of all this is, most Americans have heard from the presidents of elite universities, have heard what hateful monsters they are, have heard what hypocrisy comes out from them, um, and I think this is causing a lot of donors, for example, uh, 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 to these universities to pull back their money. Their employers are saying, I'm not going to hire anyone from Harvard until Harvard changes its policy. So the value of that Harvard degree goes down. In a free market of ideas, that's what would happen. And it really shows and underscores that it's only these government subsidies that allow these horrific policies to fester and remain in place in these universities. So the political issue should draw out uh, in our minds why the government should get the hell out of uh, subsidizing education and regulating education altogether, altogether. The government has no business taking stands on this. And it is the customers, it is the parents and the students who are paying uh, for it who should be the ones who decide whether or not the educational organization is being objective, is, happening, is having a sufficient open inquiry. Uh, now, as a private individual, I wouldn't send my uh, kid, I wouldn't attend a university that didn't have an objective criteria for open scholarship and inquiry. Well, for the last 40, 50 years, as I say, we've been going straight into the sewer in that department. What used to be considered objective scholarship is no longer that. Uh, now we're, we're people with, with variant ideas are being shut down routinely 
uh, 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 on campuses. Uh, Jordan Peterson is being disciplined uh, by the universities in Canada because he won't use the, the correct pronouns. So using the incorrect pronouns will get uh, professors suspended and disciplined and have to go to re-education camps or whatever in Canada. On the other hand, students and professors being exhilarated I mean, I'm making up the words. They were exhilarated, some of them, at what happened on October 7th. That's not a problem. That's not a problem. So their whole speech codes at these universities are inherently corrupt. They're incoherent. They're obvious sources of propaganda. And so it seems to me that it's a delightful thing that's happening. Uh, one president was forced to quit. That tells us the private pressure is having some kind of effect. Bringing this out into the public eye for the first time is a wonderful thing. People, the American taxpayer can now see what kind of evil ideas are promoted on the university campuses that their tax money uh, goes to support. Uh, that is good because I think it's a good eye-opening exercise for the American uh, voter. Uh, I think that's going on. At least one of these uh, ladies had to resign. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, the fact that the Harvard president was supported, and I heard this morning, the MIT president was supported by their own uh, boards, uh, tells us everything we need to know about those boards and the professors at those schools and just how evil they are. Uh, evil the ideas they promote are. These are academics who should know better. These are people promoting, publicly promoting ideas. They are morally on the hook for what they say. And if on the one hand, they can say it's open inquiry to call for to threats against Jewish students, you know, uh, calls for genocide, perfectly okay in their open ac academic policies on the one hand. And on the other hand, uh, they can uh, send to re-education camp a professor who's not using the correct pronouns. We've got a real big problem in uh, academia. So academia is utterly corrupt. These institutions are completely immoral. And that's the first place I would go. The second place I would go, and only then would I go to the, the to it to say, "Look, we have to remove every government, every subsidy, every regulation, every connection between uh, or educational organizations and the federal government." So uh, about that, let me just quickly ask you one question, then we'll have to start wrapping up with the super chats. Uh, so some would argue, and I usually see this as a conservative view, but uh, I think I even heard it last week on the reality show, is if uh, these universities are getting a lot of subsidies, uh, wouldn't it be right for government to basically regulate them if they are heavily subsidizing them? Uh, well, a fairness doctrine for education was called for by Ayn Rand. Uh, and in one sense, you can see it. I mean, if you are in any way going to subsidize these people, surely the government then has a right to go in and tell them what they can say and not say. But just as a fairness doctrine in broadcasting cannot be fair. I mean, what is both sides? Are there only two sides? And so you go down that when you go down the path of saying you, we have to be balanced. Well, that means they have to have religious conservatives to balance out their wacky communist uh, progressive professors over here, but what about us? What about other positions and nuanced positions? What is a fair? Once the government steps in and starts deciding what is fair and what is balanced in education, it's doing what government should never do, taking ideological positions, establishing a religion, ladies and gentlemen, in violation of America's First Amendment to the Constitution, in my view. 
they cannot take philosophical positions. That is establishing a government religion if they say there is a God or there isn't a God or Catholicism. Well, this is true about politics, too. The government cannot take moral positions, philosophical positions, in my view, without violating the First Amendment's Establishment Clause. Um, and uh, so I am opposed to, uh, if the choice is subsidize or uh, and have a, a code that tells them uh, what, what fairness consists of in free speech and who the professors they have to hire versus get the government the hell out of the whole business, get the government out the hell out of the whole business. But if I'm forced to have government in there subsidizing it, then I would be forced to tell you Harvard they have to hire more classical liberal professors in their philosophy departments, and their politics departments. Uh, they, I would have to say that uh, because they're obviously hugely skewed and they're hugely skewed to a very small minority position taken by the American people. Should it be the American people's opinion? I don't think that either. But the point is that they're taking a position that the vast majority of Americans find repugnant. And they're doing it on the taxpayer's dime. Billions of taxpayer dimes. So it, it really shows how whenever you get this, what you get in a mixed economy, this sort of mix of uh, subsidies, tax breaks, uh, regulations, you know, putting some people up, putting some people down. There's really no way to decide what is right, it, it becomes uh, it becomes just a tug of war of us versus them. If we have to get someone there, well, we want our guy to be there. Uh, right. but let me quickly cover. But you can't teach mathematics without imposing a set of values. Really, obviously, history and philosophy and politics are value laden, but you can't even teach math without imposing values. Uh, better get to a super chats. <laughs> So first, uh, thank you, Bonnie, for your super chat. Uh, she also asked, I wonder what the congressional uh, resolution actually does. So, well, nothing, really. Yeah. You want to know the practical upshot. Congress can't have these uh, people fired. It's up to the organizations to have these people fired. So they, even if they had called for them and they didn't call for them to be fired, it would have no practical impact. It is simply a denunciation of their position. On the other hand, the House of Representatives is where uh, the the bills that fund the subsidies and the regulations for these schools come from. So it should be a signal to our universities that the House of Representatives disapproves of their position. And they should be very careful uh, because their bread is buttered by those folks on Capitol Hill who just denounced them. Yeah. Uh, and thank you, Jonathan. Thank you so much for four ninety nine. Thank you, Jonathan, again for one dollar ninety nine. And thank you, Daniel, for five dollars. And thank you, John, for your three dollars. So, James, just uh, you have about a minute. Any any last words? The universities are the most evil institutions in America today, and I include the government, I include all of it. They are the sources of all the problems that we face, culturally, philosophically, you name it. And government's involvement has only entrenched those institutions, making it harder for new ideas to get through. <clears throat> At least this... Uh, the, has revealed the ugly hatred, has lifted the, the rock, as it were, uh, and revealed the ugly truth underneath the rock about uh, academia, academia in America today. It is tax-supported evil, 
and the American taxpayer should be aware of that. And we need to rethink. And I really admire these business people who are saying we're not going to hire these Ivy League grads until uh, these schools change their positions. Uh, I think that's a good thing. I think uh, a totally good thing. That's the kind of private sanctioning, the private cancel culture, if you will, that I uh, is, that I approve of. That's the free marketplace of ideas. Uh, unfortunately, our universities are not free marketplaces uh, for ideas. Nicely wrapped up. So upcoming shows in about a minute and a half, we have the reality show. We're going to talk about artists for Hamas. Uh, so that's coming up in a, about a minute and a half. Link is in the chat. And we'll also have a briefly objective premiere that's in one hour, basically right after the reality show. Uh, I'm putting also that in the chat. And it's going to be actually a premiere of one of James's clips. And it's going to be Finkelstein, the intellectual criminal. So make sure to tune into both of these. So thank you, James. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you in about a minute. Bye-bye. Be well.